Today, Rinpoche explained that in order to achieve complete Buddhahood, one has to remove not only afflictive obstructions, but the obstructions to omniscience, which are the imprints of the negativities. So welcome everyone. Once again, Shenrezig Tibetan Buddhist Center. Uh, today we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment in the third volume specifically. And uh, we're going to start on, let's see, page 198, right around the bottom, just after Chandrakirti's quote. Um, so right in that vicinity is where Rinpoche is going to begin. Uh, but if you were to divide all of Lord Buddha's teachings into categories, if you were to take all of the Kangjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and the Tanjur, the authentic Indian commentaries, uh, and condense them and summarize them, you could put them into three specific categories that are called the teachings for beings of uh, three capacities. The first category of teachings are for people who wish to achieve a higher realm rebirth. These are called the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity. These practices are going for refuge to the three jewels of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and engaging in ethical behavior that abandons the ten non-virtuous activities. In dependence upon these activities and practices, one is able to achieve higher realm rebirth. The next category of teachings are the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity. These practices are for people who wish to achieve nirvana, or an individual liberation. So, by engaging in the three highest higher trainings of ethics, concentration, and wisdom, this practitioner is able to achieve that goal of an individual nirvana, but not complete Buddhahood. And the last category of teachings are called the teachings for beings of great capacity, and these teachings and practices are for beings who wish to achieve complete Buddhahood. So this type of practitioner engages in the before-mentioned, before-mentioned um, practices and so forth, and then couples them with the mind that aspires to enlightenment, bodhicitta, and then from that generation of bodhicitta engages in the practice of the six perfections. And in dependence upon those things, he or she will become a Buddha. So this is how we divide all of Lord Buddha's teachings into three categories, um, and the teachings for beings of three capacities. That's good. That's good. That's good. Tata 
शेर राजी में राजी दया राग गोयू दुबका ने थाने दो ये बसों सो कहते न्याबा बेटा बापू बिशे दो जुता ने तेंबा सोंबा ये भी मेथे मेजे दो जाना तेने रेबा माई दे गोबची इशे दो ताने सोंबा ने चीजें ना चाहिए भी तड़ा चाह मैं बंजरो कौन तो ट्राम भी कौन तो ट्राम बता रहा तो ये मैं ना सांसु तो मैं तो थाई नबजुने दूसरी जुड़े ले जां राजी राजी ने नबजुने जी शेजी जी बांबाजी दोस माजी जी ये यां तो दे खेलें तो खेलें तो जो बा नबे राजी ने निकाला निकाला चुबा निकाला चुबा नहीं तो ना पर जाको शेषों बिशरो शेषों बिशर ये तो ना ओमा बिलोला चुवा थोबा मसीबा दो गुदे न्यांगले दे बा थोबा ने न्यांगले न्यांदे दे उंगों तो शेबा ही ला न्यांगले दे दे न्यांगल न्यांदे दे न्यांदे दे हाँ गोबी दयाबाशी गोबी दयाबर रशिया जी ते हाँ तो ये दाबी दयाबर सोमिश्चिता हाँ तो ये तो ये दयाबा तो ये तो ये दाबी दयाबा मैं बिशर न्यांदे चुबी चे न्यांदे चुबी चे ने तो ये दाबा गोबी गोबी दयाबा उनको सुन दो शाग गोबी रेबा दूजी बीन रेबा बेबा तो मैं दूसरो बेबा तो मैं दूसरो बेबात तो मैं जो सोते तन तन ना मिला सुबे दुजे दा ना दुजे दा ना रागेंगो यूट्यूबे राजी तो राजी तो मारूला चुनी चे राजी तो जाबा ते हाँ मारूबे राजी कहाँ तो हाँ मारूबा तो हाँ तो ताबी देवन ने चुनी ला राजी तो जाबा तेरे तेरे तो जां राजी तर जो जो जी चुमा माही बता ये लाया तो बने रागेंगो जुबे राजी तर तुझे जां मैं बे थाने तो थाने तो चुबा चुता मो चुमा ने हाँ हाँ मैं हाँ मैं सा तो जो शेबा ता ये लातू बने जो जी लातू बावो जिसे लते बाव जो जो सो जो सो नारागेंगो नहीं कहाँ तो यहाँ मारू बे चुनी ला राजी दुसे बे राजी दे ताईसे तो लांगों बे ना सांसु जाते में तो मुझे वासुंसी चुना ला राखे मुझे बे राजी दे मंदे बादा लोबर तो राजी खेलाबानी मंगे वाशी दे जुन्दे ले这么这么这么这么这么老人家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家家
ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、ラジ、
although all items, and in this case uh, fire, um, conventionally exist, they neither essentially exist conventionally or ultimately. They are nearly dependent origination. So, he, objection. He does not assert that it exists, for he says that he reifies it in order to avoid frightening listers. Reply. That is not reasonable. He also spoke of other phenomena, having imputed them for that same reason. So if the final nature does not exist, those other phenomena also would not exist. As cited earlier, Chandrakirti proves that the final nature exists, making the argument that if it did not exist, then it would absurdly follow that pure conduct is senseless. Also, Chandrakirti's explanation of the middle way commentary says, not only does the master Nagarjuna assert this nature, others also can be made to accept it. Then he posits the nature as established for both parties to debate. If it were otherwise, then you would have to hold that in Madhyamaka it is impossible to attain freedom. This is because one, Chandrakirti says that to attain nirvana means to perceive nirvana. And he says that nirvana is considered a true cessation and that true cessations are ultimate truths. And ultimate truths would, and, and ultimate truths would not exist. In his commentary on the 60 stanzas of reasoning, Chandrakirti takes pains to prove that when you attain nirvana, you must perceive the ultimate truth of cessation. So both emptiness and cessation fall into the category of ultimate truth. If someone is in a debate to say, posit that which is ultimate truth, the answer is emptiness and cessation. Accordingly, compound phenomena such as eyes are not natures in the sense of being essentially existent, nor are they natures when reality is posited as the final nature. They are neither sort they are neither sort of nature. Ultimate truths are natures when reality is posited as the final nature. But what establishes them as that such natures is that they are non-fabricated and do not depend upon something else. They do not at all exist as natures in the sense of being essentially existent. Thus they exist merely conventional. Fabricated means produced in the sense of a new occurrence of something that did not exist before. To depend upon something else means to depend on causes and conditions. Since forms and so forth are neither type of nature, when you speak of cultivating the path in order uh, in order to view the final nature, nature has the sense of reality. Therefore, Chandrakirti says that pure conduct is not senseless. Moreover, he explains that his other lack, utter lack of an assertion that phenomena have a nature in the sense of essential existence does not contradict his incidental assertion of a final nature. Chandrakirti's explanation of the middle way commentary says, Objection. Alas, utterly wrong. You do not assert real things at all, but also incidentally assert a nature that is non-fabricated and does not depend upon something else. You are saying things that are blatantly contradictory. The rebuttal. In saying this, you miss the point of the fundamental treatise, Nagarjuna's uh, root wisdom text. This is what it means. If eyes and such dependent arisings that are evident to ordinary childish beings were their own nature, then pure conduct would be senseless because even inaccurate consciousnesses could know that nature because they are not their own nature. Pure conduct for the sake of viewing that nature does not have a purpose. Further, I say that this nature, as compared to conventional truths, is non-fabricated and is not dependent upon something else. Only something that is ordinary childish only something that ordinary childish beings do not see is suitable to be the nature. Therefore the ultimate is neither a thing nor a non-thing. By nature it is simply peace. Hold on one second.
this here thing. I think that's where we are. Okay, Deekson Rinpoche. Dunga Yoba Magician. Monsoon then Mazibi Tuji Dani Kangi Papa Papi Papa Maribi Rari Natrawa Naji Yudunjude Mu Tini Tadagi Rajindo Nabar Jago Shida Mobu Naji Mobu Naji Raji Mobu Naji Rajindo Chuba Chiwa Chiwa Meba Tia Chia Maimba Niji Mobu Meba Yudu Tebachetu, 
Kujenshi Damba Damba Yaba Tobi Dadun Zimba Duban Dubi Shiro Dana Pana Shashuna Dreamajinto Yaba Zone Tate Dunghama Chuba Dunga Dubala Shashuso Na Dutunzi Chan Maruba Maruba Nyanto Zonu Dunzi to Maduki Nonshuki, Gajala Lotu Goba Dadane Omi Tawanyebi Kusa Chibahala Shinto Ne Chiba Yimbi Trude Shiba Yino. Yeah, what okay. about the Galiji, you know? Yapudu. Then a gang in Sene, the NGK, the Leu Sarpa Gutsogu, the Sumba. Then Chutsugatsure. The debts more than the Chiodan Lanja. That NGK lo. Then they turn on the Sumbarang, Sindesiku. Okay. Here, thing and non thing refer to essential existence and utter non existence, as explained above in the section on dualism. Now, when you as an ordinary being determine that phenomena lack even a particle of essential or intrinsic nature, you find that emptiness, emptiness of intrinsic nature, is an attribute of the phenomena, such as form, that serve as its substrata. Thus, it is not mind. Since you have not stopped dualistic appearance, the emptiness is a nominal rather than actual ultimate truth. By accustoming yourself to that view, which knows the absence of intrinsic nature, you will know it by perceiving it. For such, for he, such a consciousness, all mistaken appearances stop. Mistaken appearance here means the appearance of intrinsic existence where there is no intrinsic existence. Therefore, since the consciousness directly perceiving that reality does not perceive substrata such as forms, neither that reality nor its substrata exist from the perspective of that of that mind. So emptiness and forms, etc., must be posited as reality and substrata from the perspective of some other mind, a conventional mind. As for as this is so, an ultimate truth is posited here in addition to the stilling of all elaborations of essential existence. There is also a sheer stoppage of all elaborations of mistaken appearances, appearances of intrinsic existence where there is none. Thus, while we assert a final nature, how could we be forced to accept an essentially existent nature. Chandrakirti's clear words says, driven by 
the impairment of ignorance, ordinary beings perceive a certain aspect in things. As noble beings who are free from the impairment of ignorance do not see that mistaken aspect, there is something else that serves as their object. Then that very entity is posited as the final nature of things. Things lack intrinsically existent production is things. Lack of intrinsically existent production is not anything. So, thus, since it is just a non-thing, it is, has no essence. Therefore, it is not the intrinsic nature of things. Since Tibetans do not posit ultimate truth as the sheer elimination of the elaborations of the objects of negation, e.g. the sel two selves, Instead, they hold that as the object of a mind not mistakenly, that mistakenly knows how things exist, the ob ultimate appears to exist under its own power. Just as things such as blue and yellow appear to an ordinary mind, ascertaining that it does not exist in the way is the view that knows the profound. In that way is the view that knows the profound. They also claim that it is a misstep with regard to the correct view to regard external and internal phenomena, the basises with regard to which living beings cling to themselves as lacking intrinsic existence. These assertions stand outside the sphere of all the scriptures, Hinayana and Mahayana. They accept that it is necessary to stop the conception of self, the root that binds all living beings in cyclic existence. They then assert that you do not stop the conception of self by realizing that there is no intrinsic existence in the substrata it apprehends as a self. Rather, you stop it by knowing it as truly exists, you stop it, hold on, except that it is necessary to stop the conception of self, the root that binds all living beings in cyclic existence. They then assert that you do not stop the conception of self by realizing that there is no intrinsic existence in the substrata it apprehends as a self, rather you stop it by knowing as truly existent some other unrelated phenomena. This is no different from the following scenario. Suppose that there is no snake in the east, but someone thinks that there is and is terrified. You say that to the distressed person. You cannot stop your idea that there is a snake by thinking, in the east there is no snake at all. Rather, you should think there is a tree in the west. That will stop your idea that there is a snake and will end your distress. Hence, you who wish the good for yourself should stay far away from such wrong views. You should work on the method for eradicating the way that ignorance apprehends things. This ignorance being the root of all that binds you and degrades you in cyclic existence. Regarding this method, the texts of the father, the noble Nagarjuna, and his spiritual son, Aryadeva, clearly set forth vast collections of arguments that build deep and certain knowledge of the definitive scriptures and how it is that the meaning of these scriptures cannot be otherwise interpreted. Relying on these texts by Nagarjuna and Aryadeva, cross to the other side of the ocean of existence, of cyclic existence. To avoid missteps in reaching the view, Madhyamika view, it is most crucial to refute wrong ideas about the object of negation. For that reason, I have given an extended explanation. That's more than in Asuchile. So, but I look at Gaja, Mosuma, La Son, or Son, Moja Gaja, Mosuma, Gaja, Jenna, Jumajit, Gaja, La, Tanji Saba, Jumajit, Shebao, Tombone, Shigaja, La, Gaja, Lanji, Gaja, Rebi, Gaja, Niudo, Rebi, Gaja, Tombone, ne utale 
Chapter 17, The Actual Object to be Negated. 
how our system identifies the object of negation. This has three parts. The actual identification of the object to be negated. Two, when to add qualifications to other objects of negation. And three, whether to add the qualification ultimate to the object of negation. Uh, the actual identification of the object to be negated. In general, with regard to objects of negation, there are objects uh, negated by the path and objects negated by reason. As the first of these, Maitreya's separation of middle from extreme says, there are teachings on afflictive obstructions and on cognitive obscuration. We hold that all obscurations are among these, and when they are gone, you are free. Thus, there are afflictive obstructions and cognitive obscur uh, obscurations. Those obje objects of negation do occur among objects of knowledge. For if they did not exist, they, then all embodied beings would escape cyclic existence without exertion. As for the objects negated by reason, Nagarjuna's refutation of his objection says, Someone thinks that an emanated woman is a woman. Another emanation stops this wrong conception. This is like that. In this commentary on refuting of objections, he says, a woman emanated by some being is empty of the nature of being a woman, but someone else wrongly thinks this is ultimately a woman. Therefore, due to this wrong conception, attachment arises. The Tathagata or Shravaka of the Tathagata emanates another emanation and thereby stops the person's wrong conception. Similar, similarly, my words, which are empty like an emanation, stop any apprehension that anything exists intrinsically. All things, like the emanated woman, are empty and do not intrinsically exist. Thus, he speaks of misconceptions as um, thus he speaks of misconceptions as objects of negation, and he also treats the intrinsic nature that they apprehend as an object of negation making two kinds of objects to be negated. However, the primary object of negation is the latter. For, if in order to stop an inaccurate consciousness, you must first refute the object which your consciousness apprehends. For instance, dependent arising refutes the essential or intrinsic existence of persons and phenomena. The latter object of negation cannot be among the objects of knowledge because if it did exist, then it could not be refuted. Still, there are mistaken superimpositions that are apprehended as existing, so you must refute it. Thus, refutate, refutation is not like destroying a pot with a hammer. Rather, it is a matter of developing a certain knowledge that recognizes the non-existent as non-existent. When you develop a certain knowledge that it does not exist, the mistaken consciousness that apprehends it as existing will stop. Similarly, using reason to establish something is not a matter of newly establishing something that not, did not exist before, like a seed producing a seedling. Rather, it is the development of certain knowledge that recognizes all phenomena as it is. Nagarjuna's refutation of extremes of objections says, what use is it to establish the negation of what does not exist anyway, even without words? To answer that, the words does not exist cause understanding. They do not eliminate. Let me see something here. In his commentary on that, Nag on that, Nagarjuna says, Quam, if you are establishing the negation of something that does not e exist even without words, without saying anything, then what, use is the, what is the use of words? All things lack intrinsic nature. 
the words, all thing, things lack intrinsic nature, do not cause things to lack intrinsic nature, but in the absence of intrinsic nature, they do make it understood that things lack intrinsic nature. For example, even though Devadatta is not in the house, someone says Devadatta is in the house. Someone else, in the order to show that Devadatta is not there, says Devadatta is not there. Those words do not cause Devadatta to not be there, but merely indicate that De Devadatta is not in the house. Similarly, the words, things lack intrinsic nature, do not cause things to lack intrinsic nature. All things lack intrinsic nature, like creatures in a magical illusion. However, childish beings are confused about the absence of real essence in all things, so we make them understand that there is no intrinsic nature in things that they confuse by ignorance, reify as having intrinsic nature. Therefore, what you have said, that if there is no intrinsic nature, what use are the words, there is no intrinsic existence. And as much as things would be established as without intrinsic nature, even without any words, without saying anything. It is not reasonable. He should understand that thus, in accordance with this very clear statement. Let me see, I think I'm just about there. 653. Not yet. Some hold that to conduct the extensive rational analysis required for refutations and proofs is to meander among mere conventional words, for all phenomena are devoid of refutation and proof, in that if something exists it cannot be refuted, and if it does not exist it need not be refuted. This is a nonsensical collection of contradictions, showing neither general awareness of how reason establishes and negates things, nor general awareness of how the path establishes and negates things. Things. For if you claim that refutation and proof should not be done, while you yourself are refuting your opponent's use of analysis that involves refutation and proof, citing as your reason, if something exists, it cannot be refuted, and if it does not exist, it need not be refuted. Furthermore, you stated reason is not appropriate refutation of an opponent who holds that it is necessary to conduct refutation and proof because according to... You, if something exists, it cannot be refuted, and if it does not exist, it need not be refuted. Just want to just check something real quick. Okay. So when we look at the, the different categories of objects of negation, there are two different categories that can be shown. 
objects negated um, by path and objects negated by reason, or objects of abandonment of path and objects of abandonment of reason. So if we look at the first category, objects of abandonment of path, um, we have the, the two categories of obstructions and their imprints. So the afflictive obstructions and then the um, obstructions to omniscience. Um, here they're calling them something else. Um, we just want to see what in this lexicon uh, they're using. Um, I think cognitive obstruction, something like this. I think that's what they're saying, cognitive obstruction. Um, but anyway, uh, so what we usually generally use is obstructions to omniscience because that just basically describes exactly what they are. They are the imprints of the afflictive obstructions. So, And the uh, afflictive obstructions are what a Hinayana foe destroyer abandons in order to be in nirvana, but he or she still has the imprints of those and that's why um, omniscience isn't, isn't present. So the second category um, of uh, abandonment uh, refers, uh, relies on awareness or on, on analysis. Um, so, uh, and reasoning, abandonment by reason. So here, this refers to the abandonments of the thought that things are truly established, the thought that things are not existent. So the reversal of this, in, uh, this misconception of that things are truly established is the abandonment um, through uh, analysis. Uh, so this, these are the, the two uh, objects negated by reason and objects negated by path. So path refers to the abandonment of the afflictive obstructions and obstructions to omniscience, and the um, objects negated by reason refers to the objects of grasping at true established, the objects that are not, the belief of non-existence. True Adan Lenja, the law. Yeah. Garik Salno. Ripi Dampa Be Lesson. Chan the True Adan Lenja, the Chan Salno Garik Be. Yeah. Tesloh, Lodulasubi Zidanju Nebu Sumba, ne, Shuri, Nebu in la, 
Maribi Nyabu Sombane Tadaki Nyabu Yu Mariba Mariba Maribane Nyajun Tanji Ji de Sisele Sanji Naji Sanji Naji Dui Dui de la Soba Deni Temba Naba Go Jidenaji Shungu Shinan Tajin的 Jijabe Sheba Sibi Sabin Nashide Yunati Shuilo Yula Damen Gunzunane Sibi Sibi Sabin Gabajuro Jake Sibi Tuji Yunajinji Meba Tony Chab Chab Chabi Juduba Sheba Sibi Sibi Sabin to Chuba Tanji Duba Le Nyetutan Ransanjitan Meji Chula Zubatubi, Shanju Semba Nam, Shanju Semba Nala Kua Duba, Naba Jagi, She Sonso, Tani Denzi, Sheba Mi, Ide, Lula Luan Chijito, Tomo Gula Neji, the Tashino Motanji Jan, Tomo Jumbi Jumba Juro, Shebe Jijabi in the Ballet, Jabi in the Ballet, Tomo de Naba Jeta. To Naba Dabaratuba lay Moba Niji, Sir Moba Dabazeba Rangango, Molaba, Dundoba Rado, Jogo Sheso, Tata Maina, Kuitawaina, Kuitawaina, Nenjubata, Ciseto, Dita Kuitawasheba, Metete, Tu Juni, maybe Sir Sena. Marie Badan Jitai, Jetu, Lemon, 
Zenji Jiba Jiba ne Chibundinki Kosu She Simbe Dere Lumen Dawatabi Jiba Yide Uma Uma Umawa Jene Shidi to Jibi Mobu de Banzebane Mariba Jela De Anumujaji Mariba Jede Hashiba Tara Hashiba Tara Jijabi Debale Nyomuja do Jijabi Debale Nyomuja do Shiji Jundele Jan De Sija Taji Sija Sija Najatara Nebi Ngobu Jeta Ngobu Tawala Mobashebi na Temude Mariba Ngoburagi Omaimba Drundoba Sheba Raji Tuala Dibi Dani Jen Dani Jen Kudubo Shedan Shedan Data Sibi Yola Yonso Duba Yomojanji Maribe Oagi Kunduji Demba Naba Jago Shebina so this section that we're reading is going over the abandonment of those two things just mentioned, the afflictive obstructions uh, and the obstructions to omniscience. And uh, the, the afflictive obstructions are the afflictions. So an, an example of an afflictive obstruction would be a mistaken view or an, a wrong view. So these things are eradicated um, through the process of understanding the correct view and through the eradication of those one is able to achieve the nirvana state, uh, but the henayana nirvana. Um, but they still there have the imprints left over <coughs> from those afflictive obstructions, and those are what we call the obstructions to omniscience, uh, or the um, and, and those obstructions uh, to omniscience uh, um, are what the Buddha has removed, and that's what allows he or she to know all and to to have no barriers to um, understanding conventional and um, ultimate simultaneously without any kind of, obs of obstruction. So let me just see where we, Rinpoche just read to exactly, and I'll be right back. We need some kind of music that plays, like an elevator.
Ignorance Dayan Yenla Juni Dami Yenla Juni Dami There it is. Okay. Fantastic. We carry out refutations with excellent <coughs> reasoning so as to stop inaccurate and mistaken conceptions. Proof by reasoning is a technique for developing accurate and certain knowledge. Therefore, those who wish to stop the various inaccurate awarenesses and to develop the various accurate awarenesses should pursue the collections of arguments by authors such as Nagarjuna and should develop minds that have accurate and certain knowledge of refutation and proof. Question. If you, as you say, refutation by means of reasoning is done in order to develop accurate and certain knowledge by eradicating inaccurate cognitive processes, then reason will cancel out, cancel out an object as it is apprehended by a certain kind of mind. What is that mind? Reply, in general, there are, are a limitless number of conceptual consciousnesses that apprehend the object of negation. However, you should carefully identify the incorrect conceptual consciousness that is the root of all faults and defects, and you should eradicate its referent object. For if that is stopped, then all faults and defects will be stopped. Moreover, the remedies set forth in Sutra for other afflictions such as attachment cure a portion of the afflictions, whereas the remedies set forth for Ignorance cure all afflictions. Therefore, ignorance is the basis of faults, uh, of all faults and defects. Chandrakirti's clear word says, The teachings of the Buddhas, the sets of sutras and so forth, are based on the two truths. In nine types, they rightly proclaim the vast remedies which correspond to worldly behavior. Among those, among these, those said to eliminate attachment do not extinguish hostility. Those said to eliminate hostility do not extinguish, extinguish attachment. And those said to extinguish pride and so forth do not overcome other defilements. They are, therefore, they are not broadly effective and those scriptures are not of great significance. Those said to extinguish delusion overcome all afflictions. The conquerors have said that all afflictions are based upon delusion. So there, each of the various afflictions and negativities, such as anger and, and uh, uh, attachment, have their own specific antidotes that you can apply in meditation. But those antidotes only work to clear away that one specific negativity, whereas wisdom that recognizes the lack of true establishment is able uh, to clear away all of the, those sorts of negativity because at them, at the root of anger and at the root of attachment, uh, you find this ignorance that grasps. Um, what is the delusion like? It is ignorance, which in this context is an awareness that mistakenly superimposes intrinsic existent nature. It apprehends internal and external phenomenon as existing by way of their own intrinsic character. Chandrakirti's commentary on the 400 stanzas says, It is said that one becomes attached to things by the power of an afflictive misunderstanding, a consciousness that superimposes an essence of things, and that one stops cyclic existence by totally stopping that which serves as the seed for the process of cyclic existence. In order to indicate this, the 400 says, 
The seed of worldly existence is a consciousness. Objects are its sphere of activity. When you see the objects lack self, you negate the seed of worldly existence. Hence Aryadeva holds that by seeing objects as lacking intrinsic nature, you totally stop the seed of cyclic existence, the consciousness that causes attachment. This stops cyclic existence by Shravakas, Prachika Buddhas, and Bodhisattvas, who have attained forbearance with regard to the teaching of non-production. This is also called the conception of true existence, for Aryadeva's 400 says, Just as the tactile sensory faculty pervades the body, delusion lies within all the afflictions. Therefore, by destroying delusion, you will destroy all afflictions. Uh, commenting on this verse, Chandrakirti's commentary on the 400 stanzas says, because of confusion brought on by the thought that things truly exist as they appear, delusion acts to superimpose upon things as essence of true existence. Qualm, if as you say, ignorance is the root of cyclic existence, then it would be incorrect for Chandrakirti to explain in the commentary on the middle way and in the clear words that the view of the perishing aggregates as I and mine is the root of cyclic existence, for there cannot be two primary causes of cyclic existence. Reply, in the section on the person of medium capacity, I've explained, or already explained that other masters say about how to assert ignorance in view of the perishing aggregates. Therefore, here I will explain the assertions of the master Chandrakirti. Other Madhyamakas consider the conception of things as truly existent to be a cognitive obscuration. He asserts that such a conception is ignorance, and what is more, he asserts that it is afflictive ignorance. For, as cited above, his commentary on the 400 stanzas explains that the conception of true existence is afflictive. Also, his expl explanation of the middleway commentary says, because, these cause, because this causes living beings to be confused in their view of the actual state of things, it is delusion. Ignorance mistakenly superimposes upon things as an essence that they do not have. It, con it constituted so as to block perception of their nature. It is a concealer. Thus, the conventional truths are posited through the force of the afflictive ignorance which is included within the factors of cyclic existence. Thus, because he explains that it is in the first... Okay, that's it. So that's where Rinpoche read to. So, uh, we're going to end there and start question and answer. So, anybody have questions? Is the fingerprint? Is it tomorrow? Okay. <laughs> I just had a panic attack. It's not last week. Okay. <laughs> I literally just was in the middle of reading, freaking out that I missed something. Rinpoche. I'm my, back. Hi. Hi. My, <laughs> my question is with regards to understanding meaning or meaningfulness. Um, so... When reflecting upon the meaningfulness <coughs> of a person, for example, we what do you, just real quick, when you say meaningfulness, um, what can you describe what you mean exactly? Because so so like, what the what the basis upon which we have c compassion and love for someone? Okay. When we say that we love someone, okay, we say that that therefore that they they are meaningful to us. Okay, okay, I they, understand. They have meaningfulness. Okay. So, yeah. So. What my question is, is that when we reflect upon this meaningfulness, yes. 
it's <coughs> that the nature of this meaningfulness is such that they have inherent meaningfulness, that it is not meaningfulness that comes from something else outside of them, that it is them themselves that is meaningful, and th it is they that we cherish, and they're th they that we love. But everyone would, would love them if they were meaningful. Right. Well, it, 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 need, we need, it requires us in that formula, so they aren't meaningful because it requires us to find them meaningful. If they were meaningful, then everyone would find them meaningful. Well, if they yeah. were inherently meaningful, then everyone would see it. It wouldn't require us alone to find them that way. But I get it. I, so I know how to ask that question. Maybe you could argue that the reason why some people do not find beings as meaningful is because of ignorance, not because of, of, of correct seeing, and that the Buddhas all believe or all perceive uh, sentient beings as being inherently meaningful. So, so my question is, is how to understand and to regard this meaningfulness that we perceive? And, and how to, to recognize the appropriate way of understanding meaningfulness in the context, in the context of re recognizing emptiness. Rimche, the Kondisegdu, the Natsu, the Me Mambo Yure, then Nga, the Me Kashe, Shera Gagudu, Nga, Tsampa, the Me Kashe, the Stasha, Dang, Lori, the Kame Kashe, Nga, Shera Gagudu, the Me Genda, Nga, Shera Gagamare, and Kongi Tsampa, the Dunda. The the me donda detsiure gangin sena the sanje me tamche ropache gu the ngatsu ngatsu trobo ropache gu ngatsu the dra ne parmasum ngatsu the dra ropache gugumare the ne ropache gugumare the parme ropache gu the me kashe ngatsu the donda chembo yure me kashe ngatsu drawa chembo then kongit sampa Dain Sun Sang De Me the Tomba Yomare Gangin Sena the Zraon the Drupa Yure Gangin Sena Natsu Tsampa Konshera Yapodu the then Sanje Tsampa Konshera Yapodu Dain Sun Sang Nangla Shera Yapu Yure Shera Yapudu Yure Gutsu Sun Then Kon Sampa the Rawan the Drupa Yimbeche Tomba ni mai imbeche, gangin sena de sanje dang atsu ni nicha de kon pentogu. The nangla de pentochen, de dunda yure, de dunda rawan de drupa, then de skitche, de de skitche. Rawan de drupa yure. Kongit sampa. ロマンドバイエナテナペナガセネトロワ。ダズソソナトゥネトロワ。マトゥバロマト。マトゥバロマトゥバロマトゥバヨバンドムド。オテサントトゥネトロワ。マトゥバヨマロワ。マトゥバ
Rama Madrid Dendel Yemichir, Lelaudu, Yene the Dechkit Sherem Ching, Chigamare. That's more. Tuna Druba is the Rangon Maruba. Less, sir. Maduna Maduna Rangon drawing words. Less. What the Maribet? Okay, so when we look at what emptiness actually is and what the lack of intrinsic existence actually refers to, it refers to the mere fact that, um, and in the, case, in the case that we're talking about, we use the subject. Um, the subject, this meaningfulness, this um, essence, um, you can use a lot of different terms for it. We could even say this Buddha nature because uh, that, that we all have, because the Buddha, I gave him the example that um, there is this, me- could be this meaningfulness that intrinsically exists. This is what I was saying, that intrinsically exists because we have people in our lives that find meaning in us, but, and the Buddha finds meaning in us. So the Buddha, so is this meaning that the Buddha finds in us, the, the meaning that the Buddha finds in all sentient beings, and all sentient beings have someone that finds meaning in them, is that meaningfulness intrinsically existent? So Rinpoche said that um, in order for it to be intrinsically existent, it would have to exist on its own without dependence upon any other causes and conditions or circumstances. Um, It would have to exist exclusive of a collection of things coming together which make it so that it can be designated or named as something that is meaningful. Without that collection coming together, without your consciousness or the person who's meaningful's consciousness um, coming together in the way that it came together because of the various imprints and various actions that, that have caused those imprints from previous lives. So those seeds that are manifesting into experience are part one part of this collection that's making this person meaningful. And then the aggregates, the other aggregates that are, are not consciousness, that are um, are the form and feeling and perception and formation. Those other aggregates that are coming together are serving as this collection that's now a basis. Um, and then the other person that's projecting this idea, whether it be Buddha or whether it be yourself, projecting this meaningfulness or this love, loving nature, this goodness or whatever we're going to call it that, that you're finding within this person, um, um, it also requires the, the person saying that it is meaningful um, because without someone saying that it's meaningful um, there isn't a label on it and without the label of meaningful then you merely have these parts. So it requires not only all of these parts that serve as an appropriate desig- basis for designation to be there and to come together but then it takes a name on it. So in this case, naming it as meaningful and, and the feeling that comes with that comes into the collection and, and everything that serves for that occurrence, serves for that experience, is dependent origination. So Rinpoche said that if there wasn't the need for all of these different parts coming together, if there wasn't the need for this interdependence, then we could say that there was an inherent existence. We could say that it was truly established. But because it requires all of these things to dependently originate in order for it to occur, this meaningful nature, 
or if it's Buddha nature, I used an example, um, because of that it's empty. So that's, and because it dependently originates, it does not have intrinsic existence. So. Thank you. Could I ask one more question? Sure. Okay, so my other question is, my experience has been for many years now that I've been dealing with um, spirits that are offer, ex making me experience negativity in my body <clears throat> and in my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to ask Rinpoche how I could deal with those mm. experiences. Mm. Rinpoche, the, the low, low mumbo, con dundru. Spirit, then neutral yure. Con dundru tondu, then con nugdu. Then eh, the lapcha yurebe. Gangin sine con The dundru kanji. So, what kind of spirits? What are they? Um, well, um, I know that they pertain to. Um, they pertain to. Um, uh, it's hard to describe. So it's like kind of like Christian sometimes. Christian. Is it a form? Is it? A, it's, it's, that's what he's. It's, it's like, like a, how it's, are they? How are these things? It's like a spirit, like a like an energy, like a like a being, um, and it's uh, it's like. But where you're like on your head? No, yeah, I like He mind. wants to know like the whole detail. Like yeah, what, yeah. So what do you mean when so you say spirit? What are you talking about? You so say? so basically, it's it's the experience is like. Um, yeah, it's a spirit. It's like a being. Like it's near near my head, in my head, near my. You're head. imagining that there's no, something, no. or are you seen it I, I in front I, of your eyes. I, not in not with my eyes, physical eyes, but it's like my in my mental eyes. I experience it being above me a little. Okay, kongi lo the kong mik mik tomason dendru yene kong sem the the tonson kongi sem the 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 kong go toga. The ha, yure, dendru yure. Then, yene, kong mi, mi, tomason, kong yichi, yicheba tonson. The, the gong, mi pa, dandardu, yene, nyone, yen, tsampa. Then, kong nugudu, tsampa. And, then, then, eh? The kayama sen, look, and dumb and dumb, and He says that, I wouldn't worry about it because your mind can come up with a lot of different things. So, uh, the second paragraph on page 200 uh, touches on, or maybe the third, like the second full paragraph. The final sentence of it touches on something that doesn't uh, fully go into. It says, since you have stopped dualistic appearance, emptiness is nominal rather than actual ultimate truth. But if emptiness is an, a characteristic of literally every single phenomenon that has existed, so since beginningless time, every single thing that has come into being has done so with via dependent origination and you know for the foreseeable future everything that you know so everything that has and will exist is bound in this dependent origination is tied to all these causes and conditions and there and every single thing in existence bears emptiness then wouldn't that mean by definition that emptiness had ultimate truth the concept of that the concept of emptiness had ultimate existence um 
we actually went over that. Um, the Rimche, Tombani, Tombani, the Kong Chua, the Kong Sampa, the Chutamche, Tombani, Dan Sunsang, Tombani, the Ronda Drupa, Kong Sampa, Gangensun, the Chutamche, Tombani, Tombani, the Dan, the Chutamche, Tombani, Gangensena, Tombani, Den Demba Drupa Yimbeche. Tombani Demba Drupa in Santa Jomaris. Tombani Tendis, Tende in the Demba Maduris. Tombani Tun the Trudiores. Tombani the Co. Yosaki Chudil Tudiores. Tun the Druva Yenta, and then on the Maduris. Then a de pudding, Tombani. Yene, Tombani puddingo. Pudding Tombani, puddingo. Um, so, uh, emptiness itself is empty. Um, the lack of true establishment is not truly established because of the fact that um, it is interdependent as well. In order for the microphone's emptiness to occur, there has to be a microphone. In order for an emptiness to occur, there has to be an empty of something. So emptiness itself is interdependent right there, so it isn't intrinsically existent. So you have the emptiness of emptiness, of emptiness, of emptiness, of emptiness, of emptiness, and it's, it goes on and in ad fidenum because of the fact that you can't ever find anything that doesn't require a name or something to come into being so if there were so if you know there weren't this you know totality of things that had come into existence that are on, relying on dependent origination you know emptiness wouldn't just exist by itself emptiness is just it isn't like um emptiness just is what something is like it's just as much as this bell is made out of metal this bell is empty it, you know what I mean? Emptiness isn't this final thing or this place. It's just how things are. Just like this is metal. This is metal because it was made from the things that we designate as metal. And it was you know, forged or whatever they did with this. So um, this is metal. But it's also empty. Why is it empty? Because someone had to make it. Someone had to forge it. Someone had to do all these different things and polish it to bring this Dorje into being. Um, so just like it's metal, it's empty. It's just describing it. It's just a description of things. It's, that it's describing how things are. It's defining them in a more subtle way. That's it. But um, if that, like you brought up the thing being metal, so if that thing's metal, this isn't metal. So right. therefore, so you know, this, this phenomenon of being metal is something that's transitory. It's it comes into being by a causes yeah, and conditions. Yeah, conditions that has yeah. this has different ones than that. So that's why you got that there because it has different causes, and you have this there because it has different causes. Uh, yeah, but so, this had a tree, and this had something else. I'm not really sure. So, so basically, Ask, there's a scientist you know, somewhere. You're saying like that, that bell has that, that bell is made of metal. It has the property Fact. made of metal. So that property made of metal is itself emptiness and 
is right. empty. The property, the property made, made of metal, metal is empty, yes. So then is the property, it has emptiness empty as well, even it, if it applies to everything? It's. I think it's better to say the property of, it's, so you the property of metal is empty, is not emptiness. It's just empty. Empty of what? Empty of being truly established. That word empty, you have to kind of add empty of what? Empty of being truly established. Empty of not, empty of coming into being without a collection. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bad word, but it's just the way, it's the one we're using. Yeah. But in Tibetan, it really is empty, but it means void. It means like it's not there. It's like it doesn't have this. In, in Tibetan, it's kind of like it doesn't have this. I don't know. Thank you. I guess I had a question about the page before that's a, a bit um, related um, in it. And... <clears throat> I guess my sort of understanding was that sort of conventional existence and dependent co-origination were were coextensive. So if something was dependently uh, co-originated, it existed conventionally and vice vice versa. But I just it, in it's saying that um, I, I just I guess I just don't quite understand what this uh, with that ultimate truths or nature um, when reality is posited as the final nature. Um, but what establishes them as such natures is that they are non-fabricated and do not depend upon something else. So presumably, does that mean not dependently co-originated? I, I'd have to read it really. Where is it? It's at the um, bottom, 199. 199, um, kind of second second paragraph. There. I don't know if it's talking about permanent phenomena. Permanent phenomena don't have causes and conditions, but come into being through collection and naming. So I don't know if that's what we're talking about. I just need to, where it says uh, objection and then reply. Um, no, no. Um, above the, that. I'm yeah, sorry. Right after six, right after the six fabricated, fabricated means produced in the sense of a new occurrence of something. Um, the paragraph right before that. Okay. <laughs> Accordingly, compounded phenomena such as eyes are not natures in the sense of being essentially existent, nor are they natures when reality is posited as the final nature. So they are neither sort of nature. Ultimate truths are nature when reality is posited as the final nature, but what establishes them as natures is that they are not fabricated and do not depend on something else. The... Let me read it to Rinpoche really quickly. It's easier than... Rinpoche, the Dittondagare, Dittash, Dittana, Mila Sopi, Duje, Dittani, Zhangi, Ngoi, Drupi, Zhangshin, Du, Madrutla. You know the um, you know more more the don't go let's go. 
Chuni Rong Jin Gong Zu Madrupa Dom Dim Dabi Dem by the Chuni Chuni La Rong Shin Du Shaba Didn't do the Chilosin, did Why is this difficult? That's Mambudu. That. Chunye <laughs> ドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンドンド
but what established them as natures is that they are non-fabricated and do not depend on something else. That's saying if they were not dependent on something else, they would have this nature, intrinsic nature, but ultimate truths do not have intrinsic nature. So it's, it's basically refuting intrinsic existence of an ultimate truth because an ultimate truth does require something else in order to be posited. Now, um, you could say that the subject, ultimate truth, is permanent, but it depends upon this collection coming together in order for it to be present, in order for ultimate truth to be posited. So that's what this is saying um, in kind of a difficult way. Um, but yeah, that's the meaning of this. So it says they do not exist at all as natures in the sense of being ex essentially existent. Because in order for them to exist, um, um, it's, up here it says ultimate truths are, are natures when reality is posited as a final nature. But what established them as such natures is that they are non-fabricated and do not depend upon something else. So in order for them to be established as an actual nature, they would have to be non-dependent. But they aren't non-dependent. So they, when we look at their nature, we can say that their nature is um, that they are not truly established, but we can say that their natures, if we're using nature in the sense of being essentially existent, what it says here, if we're using that word um, in terms of being essentially existent, then that's not what ultimate truth is. Um, and in the Tibetan, it's ngol. Why it's more confusing in the Tibetan even is the word for nature that they're choosing to use in the Tibetan refers to like the the lack of true establishment. So it's confusing um, because it, it sounds like a contradiction. So it's confusing in the Tibetan too. But that's all it's saying is that ultimate truths are empty. Emptiness is empty, sort of thing. Thank you. An object's ultimate truth requires the object. Uh, yeah, we're good. going back and rereading kind of that seven-point cause and effect and talk about that um, every being has been our mother um, throughout cyclic existence. And they talk about it as, you know, every person has been your son, your brother, your mother, you know, like every possible scenario and this concept of beginningless time. Um, and so if that's true, um, and you had stated, you had talked about a couple of weeks ago about how once you've achieved Buddhahood, it's kind of a one-way street. There's no negative karmic imprints left, and you're not coming back into cyclic existence. That's not possible. Mm -hmm. Well, then how come we're not all Buddhas? Because if it's beginningless time, there's no more time going forward than beginningless time. We've been through every possible scenario, and once we get to Buddhahood, we can't go back. So... How is it possible that we're not all Buddhas at this point if we've already gone through every possible scenario? And again, kind of this concept of beginningless time means you know, no more time is going to help if we've already been through all time that's ever existed beginninglessly. Like, how is there any more to be, you know, any other op opportunities or options to achieve Buddhahood other than all the options that have been exhausted? So, Rimche. The Jewa Toma Mepa, the Jujre Menga Dun, 
so I the difference is that between so I asked why everyone isn't enlightened and then I said that we've all had the same amount since beginningless time why have some people become enlightened and not everyone so I asked it a couple of different ways and he answered it the same exact way over and over he said that um, since beginningless time uh, we've had these rebirths and yes everyone has been our mother our father our sister our brother our friend our enemy neutral to us everyone we've been gods we've been demigods we've been humans we've been hell beings and hungry ghosts and animals and every kind of animal there is to be um, and uh, so we've experienced all of these things because of manifestations of our karma um, but some beings have progressed further than others during that since beginningless time. So during this since beginningless time time, some beings that have achieved enlightenment have removed the afflictive obstructions and have removed the obstructions to omniscience and therefore they are enlightened. But we still have afflictive obstructions and obstructions to omniscience therefore we aren't enlightened. But because we have Buddha potential Eventually, we will become enlightened, but there isn't a day or it isn't like, you know, any, it could be as, you know, as long, you know, I don't know how, how, beginning, and we also learn the beginningless when they say that, um, when you really pinpoint it, it really just means like a really, really, really long time that can't be explained with another word. Because you have to have a, this moment was caused by a previous moment caused by a previous moment and you can't logically come up with anything other than that. So they leave it at that word beginningless. But there's no like way logically, and if you, as you know, look at it from a scientific perspective of cause and effect, and you know, you can't, this has to come from a previous, from a previous, 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 previous of something. And you can't, when you say that, if you're saying that consciousness came from a previous consciousness, from a previous consciousness, from this life to an intermediate to a previous life to an intermediate to a previous life, you can't logically stop that. 
because there's no way to stop it. That's why the Buddhists said that the consciousness will continue, but it, it will evolve. And that evolution just has happened quicker for some than others. Why? Karma, they said, is more difficult. <laughs> And it has to do with emptiness, in the, he's saying, and the direct realization of reality and, and the relationships throughout those lives that we've had with that wisdom that is the true key to getting rid of that root of cyclic existence. And the reason that, uh, just like it's beginningless, um, it's endless, but the, con the continuum is endless, but the state of suffering is not endless because it's just cause and effect. There's nothing more than cause and effect. And if cause isn't there, the effect's not there, but the consciousness remains. So it remains eternally good. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess it's just it's like... I just he kept, he's answering very short. Time, yeah. yeah. There's no more time than beginning. It's like going forward, how could there... You know, what more could there be than beginningless time going back? Like, how right. many more time would help if you've had beginningless time? But it might be that. Yeah, it could be tomorrow, is. literally. It could be like three weeks from now. Or like, it could be as much... I mean, but then you think, could it be as much time as already occurred? And how do you measure that if it's beginningless? Yeah. I understand that question. But it really is that you can't logically find beginning. So... All you can do is say, use that word, it's called Jewa Tumamepa. Uh, and it, there is, the, without a start, basically, is what Tumamepa means, you know, no start. Um, because you can't find logically start, because then you have to have some external thing making it. If you have a, a start without a cause. You know what I mean? That's, that's concordant. Like it's been going about it this very, very way. Then all of a sudden it abruptly stops because something made it happen. There has to be a God, and Buddhism doesn't have a creator God, so. Any more questions? One question, and then, then we're going to end. I'm so glad that it's not happened. <laughs> I, th I knew I would have heard some wrath because it seemed really important. Um, what is referred to as a primordial nature, awareness, uh, naked awareness, um, it's a certain state. The Buddha has it. Uh, primordial awareness isn't... I, I've heard it I don't know I've used that word I've heard that word used as um, something that we negate um, the, this awareness that is uh, this intrinsic awareness um, but so you did if you could explain nature? what I'm sorry primordial nature um, that I think what does primordial mean I'm just pretty sure that when I've seen it it's something that we negate like in, in, in 
What is it? What do you? What does it mean? I guess it just what is? What does it mean? What you're saying? Like this naked awareness. What does it mean? What does that mean? Um. I'm just primordial trying. means like the origin, right? Yeah, that we don't have that. Primordial ooze is what the Samkhya school believes that there's some original something that be turned into something that it wasn't. We don't have yeah that original. So primordial awareness, um, we don't have that. Um, Rigpa. Uh, Rigpa. awareness. I don't know. I just I don't, that's why I asked it. Are you referring to Rigpa? Yeah. What is that? Oh, okay. The same usir. So, what about it? The the mind of clear light. I know what that is. Um, so, what about it? Is that empty? Is it empty? Yes, hundred percent. The the same usir tombani. Yes. Yes. Okay. Next question. <laughs> is anything not empty? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't need to ask Rinpoche. If I'm wrong, you can run me over with the car five times. I'll stand there and say thank you. <laughs> well, if I'm wrong, there wouldn't be any. All right, are we good? Are we all happy? Just about enlightened? Just about done with all this bombastic jargon? Malarkey. I hope we get to hear malarkey a lot in the future. Okay. <laughs> the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Jatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandak, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trains extensively in the five great philosophical texts, with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Suji Rambuche Gutsi Shapi Denonang Atsulam Chimokanga Chirana Umajubadang Sashira Kanga Chirana.